I think a really fun uh, bit we could do for the intro is I'm going to load up like just completely random, a, a random Wikipedia article and see if I can connect it to the Muppets. So here we go. No bit, no bits. This is 100% organic. No cheating. Random article. All right. Elitis County. This is the Wikipedia page for Elitis County in Lithuania. All right. Lithuania. Allison. Does Lithuania have its own Sesame Street? Uh, let's see. Well, okay. There are 10 counties in Lithuania. Uh, so Elitis County, the number 10. 10 is what you get when you have five plus five and 10 10 10 david 10 tenet tenet the christopher david, nolan movie wait wait david tenet i believe appeared in one of the muppets live stage shows that sounds that sounds wrong there's no way go back to tenet just go back to tenet all right tenet tenet uh the year 2020 what happened in the year 2020 Lots of things. Coronavirus. Shutting down of Disney theme parks. Disney. Disney Investor Day. Disney on Investor Day announces multiple Marvel and Star Wars shows, but you know what they don't announce? The Muppets? That's right. If Disney's not going to talk about the Muppets, I think we should. It's a Muppets podcast with your very special hosts, Allison and Ryan. set up mics it's time to talk the muppets on the podcast tonight welcome everybody to it's time to talk the muppets we're back we're back after i don't know quite a bit of of time happy holidays everybody little hanukkah break yeah happy hanukkah everyone i think the holidays have passed it's over now but happy hanukkah those eight crazy nights shout out to those and uh christmas if that's your thing and i don't know if neither of those things are your thing then more power to you. I'm personally not a big fan of the holidays, but I am a big fan of the Muppets, and that's why we're doing a podcast about the Muppet Show. Uh, so today we're talking about season one, episode five of the Muppet Show, featuring special guest star Rita Moreno, who is incredible. Not to get ahead of myself. Well, yeah, of course, uh, Rita Moreno. You know, we have a recurring segment on our on our show called "Who the Hell Is That," where we try to figure out who the hell the celebrity guest star of the Muppet Show is on this particular episode. And, well, I have to ask, as I'm bound by blood, by tradition of the podcast, to ask, no matter how stupid this question may sound, who the hell is Rita Moreno? I mean, you should know this. I don't... Who Who is this? This is... I asked... This is the first who the hell is this that I actually have some idea of who the hell this I is. I asked Twitter, hey, I'm doing a, a research for a Muppets podcast. Does anybody know who rita moreno is and no one responded no one answered or gave me any info all i got was a couple of replies saying you're joking right thanks casey i also replied but i was thinking of the wrong person this was not the rick moranis episode of uh muppets tonight <laughs> rita moreno is that the person that they wrote a uh, lovely rita about right that's the rita i assume so the beatles i mean Rita's Rita Moreno's lovely, but uh let's 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 stop dilly dallying around. This is the earliest we've opened up a episode. We're only five minutes in, we're already talking about it. What's going on? What's going on here? 
We're off our tangent grind. Should we do like a 20-minute tangent on West Side Story or something? Probably. I mean, yeah. I don't know anything about West Side Story. Yeah, I mean, to answer who the hell is Rita Moreno, you gotta talk about West Side Story. You must. Um, But basically, Rita Moreno is a Puerto Rican actress, dancer, and singer. Her career spans over 70 years, and she's still alive and will never die. No. I believe, I, I think that if god is a person then it would be rita moreno gosh i mean i don't know where do you even start what where do you even start this is the first guest of the muppet show where it's like oh i know who that is i've seen west side story yeah i think west side story is the urtext here sure yeah let's let's get into it so west side story uh, as we all know is a story of the west side of the west side <laughs> the west side it's about the west the west side, side of uh new york I want to say. I think so. Yeah, the west side of New York. You got Jets and the Sharks. I mean, the Romulans and the Capulets. I mean, wait. Yeah, yeah. I think there was something off there. Okay, okay. Hold on. As we all know, West Side Story, story of the 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 Romulets and the Capulets. You got, nope. I, I don't know what I'm going nope. with this. <sighs> Cut the sound. It's like you do, you, you want to do a podcast and, and be funny and have bits and, and sometimes... Sometimes you just forget about Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. There's the Capulets. And the Romulans. And then there's the other there's ones. the Romulans and the Capulets. And then the Klingon. What? It's the Montagues. The Romulans are from Star Wars, or Star Trek. What? Romulans. The Romulans. <laughs> <laughs> look, look. They're all in it- Italy, Rome, R- Romulus, Romulans. You can see how I made that connection, right? I'm not an idiot. There's there's some space aliens and some Italians. And there's also sharks and also Basically, jets. Basically, uh... And they're all in New York City and they're all fighting. It's like that one scene in Anchorman. So, just to get back on track, uh, a long time ago, an Englishman by the name of uh, Billy Shakes uh, wrote w- Romeo and Juliet. That's, you know, that's probably how I mess it up. That's it. Romeo is a Capulet and I... Wait, is he? Is he? Or is Ju... Uh-oh. <laughs> no, 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 no. Juliet is a Capulet. Romeo is a Montague. Okay, so I'm just an idiot. I failed English class in high school. I am I feel terrible now. Okay. I only know this because I'm on the Romeo and Juliet Wikipedia page. I could not have told you All any right, of that. Okay, 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 Allison. So you're just cheating. Yeah. You're just cheating. Yeah. Okay. How do you think I got this far? Okay, all right, fine, fine, fine. So a long time ago, a guy named Billy Shakes wrote Romeo and Juliet, and it got turned into a West Side Story, a Leonard Bernstein, Stephen Sondheim musical about two uh, street gangs of teens. Uh, One's called the Jets, one's called the Sharks. The Sharks are Puerto Ricans. The Jets are not. uh, They're they're like white kids. I I don't know. Yeah, they're white kids. They're all a bunch... They're all a bunch of no good do no good ne'er do well uh, hooligans, and uh, it's a love story between Tony on the Jets side and Maria on the Sharks. And where does Rita Moreno fit into all of this? Uh, she plays Anita, the best character in West Side Story, who has the best song, "America." It's a great song, the one everyone knows. Yeah. The Jets are gonna tonight. That's the one, right? That's the other one. Okay. Um, yeah, so 
Rita Moreno as Anita gets the Best Supporting Actress Oscar for West Side Story, which brings us to our uh, probably the coolest point about her. She's one of less than 20 people to have won the EGOT, yeah. the Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony. And of course, importantly, the Emmy being for this episode. Yeah. This episode of The Muppet Show, 1977, she won her Emmy for this one. This was also uh, one of the first Muppet Shows that premiered in most u.s cities because the show aired in syndication and they just shop it around to different affiliates being like hey you want to play this episode you want to play this episode jim henson basically just simping every local tv station in america to try to get his little little silly puppet show shown and rita moreno that's a big star that's a big draw people will watch that i'll watch it 40 years after the fact and then make a podcast about it and there we are full circle what else do you want what else is there to talk about rita moreno uh she was she's i mean she's been in so much stuff she's been in the king and i she's like a very small part in singing in the rain we should probably talk about the electric company ah as it is muppet sort of adjacent yeah so the electric company was a children's educational television show that aired on pbs and it was produced by the children's television workshop who also produced sesame street in cooperation with jim henson and the muppets she was an original cast member so sort of in that area yeah and she won her grammy award for the electric company music album that they put out i guess didn't know that was a thing i i I don't know that much about the electric company other than that's the first appearance of live action spider-man in american media (laughs) comes back to disney somehow japan beat america to (laughs) putting spider-man in live action (laughs) spider-man but yeah it's because they have taste yeah i think like literally after Spider-Man makes his appearance on Electric Company. I think CBS had like a short-lived live-action show, which is uh, nowhere near as amazing as the Japanese one, where Spider-Man has a giant robot named Leo Pardon, and he has a motorcycle. Yeah, that's cool. They should bring that back. Yeah. Who cares about Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield coming back? Eh? I want the robot. Bring back Toei Spider-Man. If Spider-Man doesn't have a robot... Who cares? Spider-Verse 2? Put him in there. Just the robot. Throw him in there. They already got that little Japanese girl with the robot. They're like halfway there. I believe that Spider-Man is in Spider-Verse in the comics. Because they have like everybody. Like Tobey Maguire shows up in the comics. I'm very hot, so I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's fair. No, I'm not. I'm an ugly piece of shit. I have a podcast about the fucking Muppets. Wait, Rita Moreno voiced Carmen Sandiego? (laughs) What? Did you know this? (laughs) No, I had no idea. She voiced the titular role of Carmen Sandiego in Where on Earth is Carmen Sandiego? Good for her. Which I I, I, I never actually saw the show, but I think I had some like Magic School Bus VHS tapes. And I think it was the same animation company that did Carmen Sandiego. So there was a promo. And I always thought she, she, Carmen Sandiego was kind of hot. She's got that Misato Katsuragi energy. I'm hot. I don't know what that means. Neither of us are allowed to be hot. We're ta- we're doing a podcast about the Muppets. No, that's the thing that makes us hot. Yeah, whatever. 
Cut whatever, this out. Whatever, Cut all of this out. <laughs> whatever makes us sleep at night. Um, back to it. But you know who is hot? Rita Moreno. Rita Moreno. Rita Moreno. Still alive, still kicking. Most recently, great supporting role in One Day at a Time, the Netflix pop sugar sitcom that's been canceled like twice, which is, yeah, you know. That show's been canceled a lot. Kind of, kind of sucks. It was a good show. I like the show. Good show. Good show. But yeah, what a mess. I guess that concludes who the hell is Rita Moreno. You should know. You should know. Yeah, you you know. You probably skipped this because you already know. Yeah, just basic pop culture knowledge. You should have already figured it out. Yeah. So let's get into the episode of The Muppet Show starring Rita Moreno. It's The Muppet Show with our special guest star, Miss Rita Moreno. Let's talk about this theme, I guess. The theme song's got a thing by now. Yeah, I don't... We're five episodes in, it's kind of settled on the same... Are we gonna... You know... I don't know how much more we can talk about this theme song. I mean, it's The Muppet Show starring... It's a classic. Kermit comes out, he says that, and we get into the theme song. Are we gonna have to do this, like, a hundred more times? Yeah, I think we're... I think we need to go through the entire theme song again. No, it's, it's the same... It's the same... It's the same theme song. Yeah, it's time to play the music. It's time to light the lights... Light the it's lights. It's time to meet the Muppets on the Muppet Show tonight. Rita Moreno shows up. She gets bitten by animal. Gonzo hits the O in the Muppet Show. Does he? Usually, he's pretty unsuccessful in doing that. He he gets it, and it sort of shocks him. Oh, like re- reverberate. Well, Muppet pain is a recurring motif. I think in this episode and every episode absolutely but especially this episode pretty much yeah it's uh you know it's a punch punch and judy just the there's some joy to be had about uh smashing puppets smashing pup playthings smashing pumpkins no let's cut that out no cut that out <laughs> i don't i can't even name a single smashing pumpkin song the uh, the one you know me neither yeah two, two princes uh, right let's let's yeah, two princes. Two princes, the best smashing pumpkin. Speaking song. of speaking of two princes, the show starts with our two princes, Kermit and Fozzie. Just as a side note, we know that Two Princes is not a smashing pumpkin song. It is a song by the Spin Doctors. Of course, we know who the Spin Doctors are. I'm literally talking to Dr. Allison Richmond, the foremost scholar on Two Princes. Twitter's foremost scholar of Two Princes. Yeah. So our two princes, our two wonderful little princes. Kermit and Fozzie, they introduce the show. Uh, Kermit teases um, 225 elephants that dance, I think, but they never show up. And why? They forgot to pack their trunks. They don't have costumes. So, obviously, I understand this bit. Like, it's a pun on how trunks, elephants have those, obviously. And trunks are also an article of clothing that one usually packs if they are traveling, maybe on vacation. Sure. But I've never, I don't know, I don't think I've ever really used trunks as like a, to refer to that specific like article of clothing. What, like swim trunks? Yeah. Swim, swing pants? It could also refer to the trunk where you put stuff. Well, now this go- it's got well, layers. Now this goes into it's got layers. an interesting look at colloquial dialects. Because, as we all know, The Muppet Show was filmed in England, but there, where in America, where we would call a trunk, you know, the part of a car where you put things in, they would call it a boot. And I think in England, they call a trunk, like, what we would call luggage. So, 
That's that's an yeah. A trunk a trunk could also be a big box. A big box. Well, yeah. That you put stuff in. It could also be pants. The joke has levels. You forgot to pack the trunk. It put the trunk. It works if you're British as put well. Put the trunk in the boot of a car, and then you take the lorry to the truck stop. And you know British English. I it's one of my least favorite languages. I don't get it. I don't it's get terrible. it. It's like French. It's like can. What's like all this? Canadian then? French. What is that? What is that? So, do we think these are British elephants? British elephants. Well, okay. All right. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Just because India, you know, was a colony of Britain, you can't call these British elephants. They're Indian elephants but that then, were colonized by Britain. So, do they also call them trunks in India? I don't know. We gotta get on this. It. We gotta get on this. If you or someone you know is a British elephant, please come on the show. A British elephant, um, or an Indian elephant. Yeah, come on. Let's let's not get colonial up in here. But anyway, I think that Kermit and Fozzie's little intro is fantastic piece of uh, the showmanship, the the nature of the Muppet Show, where we're all putting on a show and you're gonna have a good time. God dang it. And you know what? I did. Yeah. So let's talk about the opening number, which is a dance performance by Rita Moreno. And the weirdest looking Muppet I've ever seen. Yeah. So... This is interesting. I mean, they're really starting off strong. They're really confident in, in in showing off their guest star for this week. You know, usually the guest star, you know, takes a little bit of time to get their first little spot. But now nah, they're like, nope, we're going in right off the bat. Rita Moreno. What happens? She walks into a cafe slash bar that's populated by pigs and starts dance fighting with a full body Muppet. But not the full body Muppet's. That you're used yeah, to. Yeah, usually the full-body Muppets. This is a humanoid full-body Muppet, which means it's just a guy, kind of. Yes. Wearing regular clothes. A striped shirt. But with a Muppet head. Striped shirt, a beret, and a green scarf. Yeah, usually the full-body Muppets are more like uh, Disney Park-type costumes, where they're big and bulky. Sweetums is one of them the mutations from the connie stevens episode they generally have larger heads if they're skinnier bigger heads bigger bodies generally not representative of something that you could conceivably call human you would not see that guy walking around and think oh that's a normal guy you would think oh that's a muppet but these humanoid muppets you could walk past him on the street and be like, that's just a regular dude. And then you look back again and you go, why does his face look like a Muppet? <laughs> yeah, this uh, this Muppet is played by John Lovelady, who is, uh, you know, an underrated Muppet performer, I think. Somewhere past Dave Goals, but above, uh, I don't know, Richard Hunt. Name another one. Richard Hunt. Rank the Muppet performers. Uh, number one. Uh, uh, Frank Oz. Yeah, number one, Frank Oz. Number two, Jim. I kind of feel like you you gotta they they've gotta be your top two. Yeah, and then what? Dave Goals. Yeah, Dave Goals is probably number three. Nah, actually, uh, number one best Muppet performer of all time. Uh, it's Steve Whitmire. <laughs> Steve Whitmire, we stand. Steve Whitmire for running the best graft in the entire entertainment industry. 
Oh my god, what a power move. Do you want to tell the story? For those who don't know about this, Steve Whitmire was uh, was Kermit for a while after uh, Jim Henson's passing. And he would, in the biggest power move, whenever he had to fly somewhere with Kermit, make Disney buy him two first class plane tickets to wherever, one for him and one for Kermit, sell them both, and then buy one regular plane ticket, keep the rest of the money incredible now and that's probably why he got fired (laughs) now here's the thing do you think that despite that he would still take the kermit puppet out on flights and have the puppet like sit on his lap in his uh, economy class seat yeah i hope so yeah i don't want to think about the kermit i hope so kermit puppet trapped in uh in the undercarriage (laughs) at the least kermit's gotta go in your carry-on yeah if you want to see Muppets trapped in the undercarriage, go go watch The Great Muppet Caper. It's great. Not only do you get Kermit in the undercarriage, you also get Fozzie and Gonzo. Great film. Just watch it regardless. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll get to it. We'll get to it eventually, once we finish season five, I think. <laughs> we'll get to it at some point. But yeah, a tango song plays over this performance. There's lots of dance fighting. Rita Moreno takes some shots in between smashing stools and bottles over John Lovelady. She flings him over the bar, through the wall. It's kind of obvious when the camera cuts to the full-body Muppet like a mannequin. as a mannequin instead of a guy in a costume. Yeah, but it's really funny. Yeah. Again, I think it's, it's always funny. violence is just a huge factor in in this episode and and it works it works i think the tango song is nice rita moreno flings him through a wall uh, but he comes back and flings her through the wall comeuppance good good reversal yeah and the poor guy just he just takes so much abuse from rita moreno <laughs> it's great i think they had a very fun time shooting this yeah all of all of these sketches just like you can you can feel the energy with them for sure for sure. There's a couple mainstays introduced later. Yeah. That you you feel it. And now we go to our second little bit, Order. Kermit Backstage. Hey, Fozzie, can you get that? I, I get it, Kermit. Hello, dumb up at your backstage. <laughs> Who was it? The water department. <laughs> what the hell? So now usually, in all of the episodes we've covered so far, there's been sort of a loose B-plot. There's even... This one is very There's loose. There's nary a story. There's, well, we'll call it a running gag. We'll talk about that when we get to it. But basically in this first segment, Fozzie picks up the phone and water squirts out of the, the little, it's like an old-fashioned, like, on-the-wall phone. The type of... It's got, like, a nozzle. Yeah, the type Alex Graham Bell would use. I'm thinking about the alternate universe in which we say, ahoy, ahoy hoy. When we pick up the phone instead of hello. That would be much better. Yeah, Alexander Graham Bell famously proposed we say ahoy when we pick up the phone. But he was right. But Thomas Edison had to ruin everything by going, no, guys, I invented the light bulb. We should say hello. Like a. F- he was wrong. He was so wrong. He was, he was wrong. He was wrong on so many parts. He thought New York would be the center of film production in America. Not, not right. It's more the center of television production. If anything, he thought genius is 99% perspiration and 1% inspiration. No, it's not. They wrote a whole no, song not. about it. Yeah, there's 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 some depression involved in there for sure. 
what's the song you're referring to i don't i don't know i don't i don't remember what it's called it's the one that lists all the different percentages if you know the song you'll know the song well, now this is gonna haunt me for the rest of. i don't know what this it's is called gonna... it's gonna haunt me it's okay i cut in um a little a little producer's note uh, at the at the beginning of uh, the last episode it was about ford bb who is real allison you are wrong damn <laughs> um but yeah water squirts out of the phone kermit asks who it's from fazzy says the water department and kermit says what the hey which i think we should use that expression much more in our everyday lexicon what the hey what the hey it's it's so much less violent than what the hell it's endearing yeah but it still gets the point across what the hey what the hey so the uh the next sketch is the introduction of a muppet show classic this is veterinarian's hospital veterinarian's hospital the continuing story of a former orthopedic surgeon who's gone to the dogs I'm sorry I'm late, Dr. Bob. I was operating in the other room. I know, it's the talk of the hospital. <laughs> booga, booga. I cut that out. Let me have the ear thing. Ear thing, Dr. Bob. Oh, oh feels good. Stick. Stick, Dr. Bob. Fetch. Veterinarian's Hospital. Uh, yeah, it's a sketch where Muppets play doctors. You got Miss Piggy rolf the dog and janice but rolf the dog plays like a guy called dr bob and Fozzie's on the operating table um important to note here that we're still working out miss piggy and we're also still working out janice Miss piggy is voiced in this skit by richard hunt and i think that we'll talk about the miss piggy the miss piggy dilemma i guess um because there's another sketch where it, later in this episode where she's played by Frank Oz. We'll talk about that later. But for now, let's talk about Veterinarian's Hospital. Uh, interesting. Interesting sketch, I have to say. Yeah. It's like a riff on soap operas, like General Hospital, Days of Our Lives, Grey's Anatomy, if it had existed in the 1970s. Maybe Jim just had a time machine. Yeah. But pretty much it's... I mean, it's a collection of Marx Brothers-style jokes. I think we've established that Rolf the dog is sort of a uh, an agent of chaos. <laughs> yeah, and and piano skills. Piano skills. He's an agent of chaos, much like Groucho Marx. He doesn't take anything seriously in this in this sketch. He's a doctor, but he's a wisecracking doctor, the type that you probably wouldn't want ripping open your chest and doing heart surgery on you. But he is very funny. Yeah, he's also not not great at his job. Nice. I hate to say it, but... He did save 500, though. 500 animals? No, $500! That's one That's one visual cue that I, I, I rather enjoyed in this sketch. Every time they, they tell a joke, they, they all look at the camera and hang their mouths open and, and wiggle. <laughs> it's how you know it's funny. But also just that that move is funny. I'm telling I'm telling you Muppets are a very specific type of movement and 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 dance. It's a it's a very interesting needle that they thread to to mine comedy out of felt It's as much physical comedy out of felt figurines, hands shoved up asses. What do you think Fozzie's in the hospital for? Um his set bombed and uh his jokes hurt. People threw too many tomatoes. Yeah. That's that's and if you didn't know, you could get bruised. That's always been a questionable trope, I think, in fiction. The 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 crowd throwing sometimes cabbages, sometimes tomatoes. I think my favorite... Do people actually do that? Like, 
I think my favorite example of that is in Batman Returns when the Penguin is giving a speech in front of Gotham and Batman plays a tape of the Penguin saying a bunch of salacious stuff and immediately people start throwing garbage and rotten tomatoes at him. It's like, who who does this? Did, did they plan it? What's, what's the dealio here? They must have, because you have to go out and you have to buy tomatoes. Wait for them to, and like, wait for them to be rotten. You got to make like a coordinated effort. Yeah, you go, oh, the speech is on what, the 16th? All right, so if a tomato rots All right, in like... two weeks before, yeah. I got to go buy some tomatoes, just in case. Because if the speech is good, now you've just wasted two weeks and a bunch of tomatoes. You could have made ketchup. But if the speech is bad... But if the speech is bad, now you got them. Now you're cooking with fire. (laughs) Now you're cooking with tomatoes. Speaking of fire, want to talk about the second phone call? Hey, Fozzie, can you get that, please? Yeah, Kermit. I get it. Hello, backstage, the Muppet Show. Who was it? <coughs> the fire department. <laughs> I think this is what they call a running gag. So we go back uh, backstage, sort of the second beat in this uh, running gag. And when Fozzie answers the phone, smoke comes out of the nozzle. It's the fire department. You know, I think that this gag would have been stronger if actual flames had shot out of the phone. <laughs> yeah, but then it would have burned him. They're fine. They're made of cotton. It's a flash burn, right? <laughs> It'll be fine. It'll just go up in flames. I do like that Kermit correctly identifies this as a running gag, just obliterating the fourth wall. That's a Muppets running gag. Yeah. Identifying running gags as running gags. Yeah, Kermit be like, uh, hey, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down the fourth wall. That's, I, 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 w- I think that's the one thing that Kermit the frog and ronald reagan have in common yeah i can't think of anything else but yeah uh the identification i know wouldn't have mishandled the aids pandemic (laughs) cut that out cut that out uh kermit kermit how uh we got this uh we got this new disease uh it's it's really bad it's affecting a specific part of the population but you know i think we should really hit on the fact that um uh you know anybody could be infected by it you're right fozzy we should get on this at once. Call Dr. Bunsen Honeydew and have him develop a vaccine. I, I don't really want to think about <laughs> President Kermit dealing with AIDS. So anyway, Kermit identifies the phone thing as a running gag. That's pretty great. But it's escalated immediately by the Muppet Newsman running by. Talk about a running gag. Yeah. Because he's running. He's a gag, and he's running. And now we get to talk about the Muppet Newsman gag. Here's a Muppet News flash. <laughs> Dateline Fresno. Mr. Thomas Galli, or Galley, spent the last 27 months teaching his pet chicken to dance classical ballet. <laughs> last Saturday, the chicken passed her auditions and became a member of the Royal Copenhagen Ballet. Unfortunately, Mrs. Galley didn't wish to move to Denmark, so she fricasseed the ballerina for lunch. Muppet News Flash. It's a Muppet News Flash. Yeah, this one is appropriately dark, like a lot of the Muppet Newsman spots. He tells the news story of a guy teaching a pet chicken to dance ballet. And the chicken's very successful, becoming a ballet dancer for the Royal Copenhagen Ballet. However, in a fit of rage, because she doesn't want to move to Denmark, the wife fricasseed the chicken for lunch 
This has been My Muppet Murder. Welcome to Muppet Serial. Yeah, Muppet Newsman is just, he's just a, a, a real big fan of just getting this information out real fast so you don't have too much time to think about it. But if you do think about it, like we do here on the pod, kind of fucked, fucked up. Do you think that the chicken was just like a regular chicken or a Muppet chicken? Because I hope it was a regular chicken and not a Muppet chicken. I think it's worse if it's a Muppet chicken. Because then... Cause you know, cause you know that felt is gonna be super chewy. Yeah, and Gonzo would be sad. Gonzo would be sad. I wouldn't want him to be. Cause sad. he wants to fuck the chicken. Let's talk about Gonzo's yeah. chicken fetish. Um, <laughs> Gonzo, who does not appear in this episode, will now star in a five-minute tangent where me and Allison talk about Gonzo's chicken fetish. <laughs> so, yeah, this little blue fucker. Um, <laughs> little blue chicken fucker. Little blue chicken fucker. Whom whom we love a lot. Yeah. But he it's it's like it's weird that it's canon that he enjoys to sleep with chickens. Yeah, where did that come from? I, I don't know. I mean Gonzo maybe Gonzo kind of looks like a chicken because he doesn't know He is he is a little chicken. He doesn't know what he is, and so maybe Gonzo identifies with the chicken community of Muppets and and tries to, I don't know, ingratiate himself with that community even though he's not a part is gonzo rachel dolezal no i don't think so hmm well gonzo never claims to be a chicken he might believe himself to be a chicken but believing does not a chicken make what is gonzo does this change when we consider there are there are real chickens in the muppet universe as well as muppet chickens hmm how does this change again Real chicken. Well, again, as we've previously established, there's anthropomorphic Muppets and animalistic Muppets. Are Muppet chickens... Oh, well, then Muppet chickens are in that little gray area, don't you think? Because they do act like chickens, but they also sing and dance. Hmm. 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 Very interesting, Jim Henson. What are you trying to say about chickens? What's the problem with chickens? Chickens are fine. A lot going on here. I don't know. In in Legend of Zelda, if you hit a chicken, they will call all of their chicken friends and beat you to death. And when Gonzo misidentifies which chicken is Camilla, the same thing happens. He's too horny. He's horny for chickens. He's horny for chickens. Horny for chickens. He's horny for chickens. Speaking of chickens and ways of preparing chickens, fricassee, just a fun word to say. Fricassee. I've never, I've never, I don't think I've ever had chicken fricassee or really no, have understood what chicken fricassee is um I, I it's stewed yeah stewed chicken according to julia child in the art of french cooking it is a halfway between a saute and a stew okay thank you friend of the show julia child it's me julia child ho 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 would you like to know what chicken fricassee is i can also tell you about bouffe bourguignon no i just found out what chicken fricassee is but thank you. Which is, hey, what's what's up? I went to go get a a drink of water. What? Uh, dude, you missed Julia Child, but she wasn't like useful because you already explained what a fricassee is. That's fine, Julia Child. I I, I don't really care. Yeah, she's not a muppet. I I prefer Julie to Julia personally. Amy Adams stands where you at. This is an anti Muppets 2011 starring Amy Adams uh podcast she's good she's good in that movie she's just in it too much you know what else she's in too much 
hillbilly elegy. Damn, too much. Him. There's the the desperation to there's too much the desperation going on there. to win an Oscar is very strong with that one. So you're saying that she's not a good Terminator? Don't even she's like don't a bad even Terminator get me or maybe a neutral about, one. <laughs> there are no neutral Terminators. They're what is a neutral they're Terminator? Terminators. They kill people. I think most C three PO is a neutral. Most Terminator. of them are evil. The one that's good, I, it's questionable. Does hurt a lot of people. The so-called good one from Terminator Two, like in the opening scene, he like well, he, he like hurts a bunch of bikers. I don't think he kills any of them per se, but he does cause a well, lot of bodily harm. As far as Terminators go, I believe he is the good one. Yeah, the one good one in the entire franchise. The one good Terminator. I don't, I don't know of any other uh, Terminator movies. That's it. Only the sec. Only two of them exist, right? Only two. Well, there's also there's also T two three D Battle for Time at Universal Studios, starring the the T one million, which is just a bunch of yeah, liquid yeah. Tenac- liquid metal tentacles. I think so. How often do you think they have to recast the Sarah Connor and John Connor live performers? Well, the show is closed, so not at all anymore. Oh, was it replaced? What was it replaced by Transformers? Uh, I, I believe it's now the Born Stunt Show. Why would it? There's a Bourne stunt what? show. What is going on at Universal? They got IP and they want to use it. Yeah, but... They're sort of the anti-Disney. Like, Disney has the Muppets IP and it's just sitting there. I'm sorry, the Bourne stunt show? <laughs> Apparent, I've, heard, I've heard it's really cool, actually. They use, they use, like, a combination of screens and actual sets so that it looks like they're, like... Doing the quick cuts, the Paul Greengrass quick yeah, cuts. Yeah, doing, doing the, like, quick cuts and going to, like, 40 different places and all of that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I saw the, the Jurassic World update for the Universal theme park ride for Jurassic Park, and it's, it's so bad. They just put some screens on there. They put some screens. They took out a lot of animatronics. I like those little long-necked dinosaurs. What do they call them? brachiosaurus i don't know the long the long boys long boys good old long neckers um good old long boys yeah and then they 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 changed it so it's like the indominus rex from jurassic world is like the main guy or something and you know everyone's favorite it it, it just becomes overcrowded like the original ride had like the nice you know ooh ah everybody's all like wow dinosaurs and then there's running and screaming there's like a good narrative build to the original ride where it's like oh nice peaceful dinosaurs and then oh no a boat's been attacked oh no the car is falling oh no velociraptors are coming out of the walls and then the reskin it's like everything looks much shinier consider this does the old one have chris pratt i didn't think so never never <laughs> never present chris pratt as a positive no i'm I, that's that is also a negative you know what would be better is if they put jimmy fallon in in the little screens like they did in the movie that would have been good that would have been amazing i would jimmy fallon's race through jurassic hey Park guys it's me world. jimmy fallon oh my god it's dinosaurs i've been in my dinosaur <laughs> uh jimmy fallon does impressions with the indominus rex and that's the ride hey it's me jimmy fallon I, I'm I'm doing my impression of Chris Rock with the Indominus Rex, and yeah, there's no there's nowhere this can theoretically go. <laughs> the next sketch is the Swedish Chef. Who in the book waiting the flapping jacket? 
So the Swedish chef is out here making flapjacks. Pancakes. Let's call them pancakes. I, I, I think we should. I think that calling... Well, first of all, I'm a waffles person myself. If given the choice between pancakes or waffles, I will choose waffles. But if given the choice between calling pancakes flapjacks, I would rather refer to them as pancakes. Yeah, yeah, they're pancakes. They're cakes and you make them in flapjacks the pan. Flapjacks just sounds dirty. Who's Jack? What is a flapjack? What's he flapping? Eh? Eh? I don't want to know. Yeah. The Swedish chef, though, he's flipping. Swedish chef is doing his uh, doing his bit. He does a bit where he uh, talks in faux Swedish and uh, tries to cook food, but he's bad at it. He flips the pancakes, and he flips them too much, and they get stuck to the ceiling. I think that's, you know, that's that relatable uh, Seinfeldian humor that... Yeah, I do that, too. Yeah, everybody does that. Everybody does that. But you know what not everybody does? Get a blunderbuss and shoot the pancakes off the ceiling to fix that problem. You don't do that? Yeah, I don't do that either. If you do, if you do use, in fact, use a blunderbuss, specifically a blunderbuss, we won't accept a 12-gauge shotgun or any other sort of firearm or long gun to get pancakes off of the ceiling. Please DM us. Let us know how that experience is. Send us a video. Do your ceiling repairs annually cost a lot? I imagine they would. Do you just not have a ceiling anymore? Do you do it outside? Well, if you do it outside, then there's no ceiling for the flapjacks to be stuck to. You sure? I'm not going to judge. I mean, they might just get it stuck in midair. Hmm. 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 Yeah, Swedish chef, you know, hot take. I'm kind of scared of him. Why does he have human hands? It's weird. No other Muppet has human hands. Yeah, why, why does he have human hands? That's a lot. Are the Swedish chef's hands, like, just a person's hands? Like, they're not puppet hands that, like, a person with hands is wearing like they're not putting their hands into gloves to perform as the swedish chef's hands no i believe those are just someone's hands oh well if that's the case and that's not very sanitary you know swedish chef is just just going in there just going in there i don't see him wearing any uh food safety gloves no or a hairnet but also would you would you ever eat anything the swedish chef made to that point though does the swedish chef ever successfully cook anything no yeah i don't i don't really want to be picking out a bird shot from my flapjacks that's just that's just weird yeah yeah if i'm going to be picking bird shot out of something better be a bird that someone hunted like that scene in <laughs> back to the future part 3 where marty is eating rabbit and he's like spitting out the bullets that his uh, what great grandfather shot the bird shot with you know the scene yeah it's a very memorable scene it's arguably the most memorable scene in all of back to the future it's the best scene in all three movies i don't people talk to me about johnny johnny b be good i don't know what that is i'm talking about no marty spitting out the bird shot while eating a rabbit baby that's the kind of stuff you go to a Robert Zemeckis movie for. That's cinema right there. You want to see rabbits, and you want to see bullets. And you want to see them both being eaten. By Michael J. Fox, specifically. By Michael J. Fox. That's why Beowulf was such a bad No movie. Michael J. Fox. There was Crispin Glover, though. No bullets being eaten. And that's specifically, those specific reasons are why Beowulf's a bad movie. That was it. I mean, that's my opinion. You, you might have yours, but it's wrong. Well, I've never seen Beowulf, so I can't even I can't even form an opinion. You're lucky. 
well, maybe someday I'll I'll take a trip to the Uncanny Valley. And over here on your right is the Uncanny Valley. Why isn't that in the Jungle Cruise? It might as well be. Do you know how many characters that live in the Uncanny Valley that Disney has created in the past, like, ten years? Or just bought. Yeah. Over here on your left, you can see Grand Moff Tarkin in the Uncanny Valley from Star Wars Rogue One A Star Wars Story. 2016. If you look over here on your right, you'll see Jake Sully from the film Avatar. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. Jake Sully looks pretty good. I mean, anything could look like Sam Worthington. For instance, Garrett Hedlund. Who? One of the other guys who looks like Sam Worthington. Jai Courtney. He's one of the other ones. <laughs> 2008 Tom Hardy. Though I think Tom Hardy kind of dug his way out by, you know, actually being yeah talented. He, he made it. Uh, Joel Kinnaman. Oh my god, Joel Kinnaman. Joel Kinnaman, the star of the 2014 RoboCop remake. Mr. Rick Flagg himself. Is Rick Flagg in uh, Birds of Prey as well? No, but I'm pretty sure he's going to be in the other Suicide Squad. Honestly, I'm not, I'm not a fan of any of these Suicide Squad movies. Why, why are they trying to make it a thing? You already failed making it a thing once. You did like a spinoff, which I thought it was fine. People were like, it's amazing. And I thought it was fine. I've seen Margot Robbie roller skate to Barracuda before, and I didn't like it that much the first time. Why would I like it again? It's all about money. It's all about the money. It's all about money. Here comes the money. Money, money, money. Las Vegas, baby. <laughs> Just like the next backstage spot. <laughs> uh, the Muppet Joe backstage. Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, so in the third phone call, Fozzie answers it again, and this time poker chips come out. And like this running gag, Kermit comes and asks, Who is it? Who, who, who is it? It's Las Vegas. And this time Vegas, Kermit baby. scrunches up his face. And whenever Kermit does it, it's the funniest fucking thing ever. I don't care. The frog. It's one of the best moves. It's one of the best moves you can do as a the Muppet. The frog face go funny. Just like be Kermit the frog and then scrunch up your face. When the frog face do that, brain go tickle, 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 tickle. <laughs> yes. Tickle, tickle me, Kermit. Okay, this is getting weird. Yeah, this is getting weird. Cut that out. <laughs> There's no Tickle Me Kermit, though. There is a Tickle Me Elmo. I never owned one of those. I think I was a bit me too old when it came out for, for a Tickle Me Elmo. I also never never particularly liked Elmo that much. I was more of... Whenever it was Elmo's world, I would always wait in bated breath for Mr. Noodle. I was a big Jeter head. <laughs> Love that Michael Jeter. Good old Polar Jeter. Express. And Mr. Noodle from Sesame oh, yeah. Street. Also Jurassic Park 3. <laughs> so do you want to talk about this at the dance? I don't know. Do you? <laughs> Not really. Why do you hate... You hate at the dance so much. I... Alright, alright. Here's the thing about this one. I think this at the dance is the funniest. You... It's the funniest of most of the at the dances that I've seen. Sure. I particularly like um, this one. Let's play some jokes. Good, nice looking couple. Yeah, but a couple of what? I hear you come from a broken home. Yeah, I broke it myself. Two, three, dip. Uh, does one ever encounter sharks in these parts? Oh, no, absolutely not. Never. Uh, why do you ask? 
I heard that the president said that you shouldn't panic if you don't have a job. That's easy for him to say. He's got a job. I don't think we should come to this ballroom anymore. Why? It seems to be attracting a lower class of animals. So we've learned that animal comes from a broken home. Really sad. Animal Animal is a mysterious... No, 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 no. Being from a broken home doesn't absolve you of any of your sins, Animal. Remember... But it does inform we them. We canceled them. We canceled Animal in the last episode. Right. I forgot we canceled Animal. Yeah. Go go, go, go! scream at woman. Uh, never. <laughs> go to therapy. Yeah. Fix yourself. Donate to some causes. Why don't you? Figure it out. Um, But yeah... I think uh, I wrote in my notes, Frank Oz's pained screams. <laughs> you know the sound. You know the sound. Yeah. <laughs> There's just like a perfect alchemy of the way that the audio quality has sort of like, like the way that audio quality in the 70s is and Frank Oz's voice. And they just come together and make like a specific bread and butter. I don't know. There's just something about how things from the 1970s sound that is is it's it's not captured nowadays. It's just not the same. It really isn't. There's some sharks on the dance floor. Mildred the Muppet refers to a shark as a lower class of animal, which I think is just on the face offensive. It's a little rude to sharks. Yeah. Come on. Sharks invented the blockbuster. Yeah, this is sort of a uh, take on Jaws from the Muppets, and also sort of a take on West Side Story, because there are sharks and there's no, dancing. you misunderstood. When I said that sharks invented the blockbuster, I was, of course, referring to the DreamWorks film Shark Tale, starring Martin Scorsese. <laughs> of course, Martin Scorsese's Shark Tale. I, I need to rewatch that. No, I probably don't need to rewatch it. No, I don't think you do. I'll I'll watch it for the Martin Scorsese scenes. I'll just find a super cut of them on YouTube. And that's it. I mean, look, you understand why the man hates Marvel movies when you watch Shark Tale and realize that he already perfected the medium. Look, sometimes, you know, I see these Marvel films and I'm like, this is fine. It's a theme park. Theme parks are great. I don't know why the internet is so mad at me. But, you know, the internet's going to internet. Now, I got to make another film. It's going to be a wonderful picture. And uh, people are gonna think it's 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 a it's a mob movie because apparently that's that's all I do, all I do is mob movies. Nobody's ever seen Alice doesn't live here anymore, or Silence, or Hugo. The only movies I made are Goodfellas. That's it. That's it. And the Irishman. There's also the Irishman. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's a good one. It's good. Yeah. I get it. It's fine. I I I I I I have the range. I do more things. Last Temptation of Christ. That's not a mob movie. Unless you consider the Romans the mob. I do. What? I do consider them a mob. Well, anyway, I gotta go uh, uh, make some gabagool. Uh, see ya. <laughs> Ryan, you missed Martin Scorsese. What? Oh, my God. <sighs> All right, that one stings a little. Damn, I forgot to ask him if he liked Venom. That one stings a little. I wanted to meet... Sh- I've always wanted to meet short king Martin Scorsese. We stand a legend. It's okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe tomorrow I'll 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 run into him on the streets, <laughs> the mean streets, <laughs> the mean streets of wherever. Speaking of tomorrow, <laughs> let's talk about the next little 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 song number of this episode of the Muppet Show, which is called Tomorrow. I started on a 
journey just about a year ago to a little town called Morrow in the state of Ohio. I've never been much of a traveler and I really didn't know. This is the UK spot. We'll cut for time sketch. And the first appearance of, I believe, first appearance of the country trio? The country trio as seen on The Muppet Show. I believe they've made other appearances on other other, other things. things. But the country trio, uh, for those not in the know, though, you know, after Kermit the Frog, these are like the most iconic Muppets, obviously. Oh, easily. Uh, no. The country trio is uh, Muppet approximations of Jim Henson, Frank Oz, and Jerry Nelson. They're pretty close. Yeah. I mean, they look the, good. Well, I don't know about that one. <laughs> As far as as far as Muppet approximations of people, not bad. I I don't know. It's actually kind of weird seeing, hearing Jim Henson's voice come out of a Muppet version of Jim Henson because it's like I'm so used to him doing like Kermit that I'm like, why does this hobo Muppet have Kermit's voice? But yeah, imagine just you know what Jim Henson looks like: hippie dude, beard. Imagine that as a Muppet, but with beady little eyes. Same thing for Jerry Nelson. Also has a beard, a little bit less full. And the Frank Oz puppet is kind of whatever. They made him a ginger. Yeah, the Frank, the Frank one's probably the least, you know, close approximation. Frank Oz doesn't have hair, red hair. What? When? No, he when never. The, Frank Oz was born bald. <laughs> Clearly, but uh, anyway, the country trio sings a song called "Tomorrow," which I had to look up the lyrics to, and and. I should have looked up the lyrics. <laughs> but basically, the song tells the story of a traveler trying to buy a ticket to a town called Morrow. But whenever he says he wants to go tomorrow, people think he wants to leave the next day. You know, it sounds like he wants to go to... I want to go tomorrow today. I want to go today. tomorrow. Yeah. Which, time-wise, doesn't make sense. And... Well, in the year of Christopher Nolan's Tenet 2020, <laughs> he could... It's a catchy song. Yeah, it's catchy. It's 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 quite catchy. And, you know, it's comedic misunderstanding between puns of similar things. Very who's on first, what's on second. I don't know. No, no, no I, I'm... No, who's on first? You know. Yeah. But you just said you didn't know. No, no, I don't know who's on third. Who? He's, he's on first base. What? Yeah, sec- second but base. But I asked... No, I... What? No. Who's on first? Yeah, no, no, exactly. No, 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 not exactly. You're doing the bit. I'm referring to the bit. The Abbott and Costello bit. Who's on first? Yeah, he's on first. But the Now you're now you're doing the bit and I'm referring to the bit. Yeah, it's called a comedic reversal. A Yahtzee <laughs> Yeah, who's on first? The famous Abba Costello bit. It's a very who's on yeah. first bet. But in song, in a classic little Country blues grassy song. I don't know. I I I don't know much about the the country music genre. I don't know if that's it's something country. They're a country trio. You would assume it's a country song. Well, they're no Emmett Otter's Jug Band. That's for sure. It would have been better if they were a Jug Band. <laughs> who do you think would have? Who do you think would have played the Jug? And who do you think would have played the Washboard? Oh, definitely Frank Oz. Everybody knows that the Jug is the silent star of the jug band and frank oz is the the frank oz muppet is the silent star of uh the skit because he says what everybody's thinking at the very end i don't get it i don't get it it's it's pretty confusing do you want to go tomorrow or today i'd like to go tomorrow today 
Well, then you should have you've you've heard the song. We we play the song. We yeah, play the song on the podcast. They'll, they'll get it. They'll get. They'll it. get it. You aren't Frank Oz. Speaking listener. of songs, speaking of songs and people going places, a new Muppet act discovered at a bus station in Toledo. Marvin Suggs and his Muppaphone. Interesting side note: Morrow in the previous sketch is also referenced as a town in Ohio. So. A lot of Ohio. Yeah, big shout outs episode. to Ohio. And, and, shout out yeah. to Ohio. Friend of the show. That's Ohio. what I love about Ohio, because you can't say Ohio without saying Ohio. Yeah. So let's talk about Marvin Suggs and his Muppaphone. <laughs> Uh, Marvin Suggs is a blue Muppet, a whatnot Muppet, dressed in colorful frills and uh, vaguely coded as Spanish. Yeah, <laughs> vaguely, vaguely Spanish. He's vaguely Spanish, and his whole act is hitting balls of fluff with a mallet to make music. He's got a little marimba type thing, but it's made of little furry Muppet ball guys, and when he hits them, they say "ow" the musically. It's funny because hitting Muppets is funny. All right, I'll say it. This is weaker than at the dance. <laughs> I like this. I like this premise. I, you know, I, I think that it goes on actually for a little bit too long. Yeah. It's like the tuning. And then once he gets to the actual song, I listen to the song just to see how similar it, it sounds. Nothing like the song. <laughs> it's a vague approximation. What's the song called? uh lady of spain spanish ladies ladies of lady of spain it sounds nothing like lady of spain (laughs) ow 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 i mean you can only mine so much from that but it's funny i've i it's funny because he hits the muppet with the mallet and then at the end he gets it with the mallet yeah and the fluff balls rejoice clearly they're being held against their own will yeah that that is uh not also, great. like, I just imagine. Are we canceling Marvin Suggs? Yeah, I'm. I'm fine. I'm, I'm. Or does or did he get his? Did he get his comeuppance? I'm. I'm fine with. With the I'm big fine hammer. With the big hammer. Big hammer was a fun payoff. I, actually, this this sketch is very Monty Python. Yeah. It actually there's literally a Monty Python sketch that predates this. That's beat for beat the exact same premise, except it's like a guy and he hits mice. Like, he's got mice in a box, and he'll hit the mice, and the mice will squeak, like, in pain. Yeah, but that's not as funny because they're mice and you feel bad. In that in that episode of Monty Python, it leads into a really good sketch called The Mouse Problem, where, like, it's like a BBC investigative report where he goes into, like, I don't know, seedy mouse clubs. It's quite interesting. <laughs> it's, it's very creepy, the way that they shoot it, because it's so, like, it looks exactly like found footage, and there's just a bunch of dudes with mice costumes running around it's pretty creepy also the big giant hammer at the end i mean straight out of python very python the 16 ton weight block that would end most sketches on 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 the flying circus show it's a good button yeah. you see you see the british influence muppet show being shot in britain i see the connections we're bringing in the context a little bit of british humor yeah so the next next little bit yeah the panel discussion sketch 
Is conversation a dying art? What do you think, Tiffany? Well, uh, just scare me. People just don't know how to talk. They speak gibberish. They don't say nothing. You just don't listen. When you talk to people, they don't listen. They look at you very peculiar. Fabulous, fabulous. I'm talking to this crazy guy here. I'm talking about war and this. And then he tells me something about the price of coconuts. Now, am I crazy or is he crazy? What did you say? I don't know. I Seems to be like a classic format. Kermit, he always prefaces these these panel discussion sketches by saying he's trying to lift the intellectual content of the program. And he and, and this time he asks the question, is conversation a dying art? And then they have a conversation about it. So no, it's not. Yeah, it's uh it's a panel discussion sketch with Kermit as the, the MC. You got Rita Moreno back again as a character called Tiffany Gonzalez, and you got another random Muppet and Miss Piggy, and a guy called Brewster the Guru. He's a guru. <laughs> yes. But basically Tiffany is uh she's a Spanish spitfire. She speaks rapidly in Spanish and in a Spanish accent. And Rita Moreno is just great at doing that. Yeah. But Miss Piggy... Will not have it. She won't have it. Miss Piggy hates Spanish. Yeah, what's up with that? Yeah. This is this is interesting to note. Um, In this sketch, Frank Oz is the voice of Miss Piggy. And, like, the characterization is just on point right here. Miss Piggy will always, you know, snipe after the female celebrity guest star. She's, that's, that's, that's just her MO. She's the prima donna. No one can upstage Piggy. And I think that Frank Oz has that sort of energy in his delivery, in his timbre, in his cadence. Whereas the Richard Hunt Miss Piggy is just really aloof. Yeah, I don't love Richard Hunt as Miss Piggy. Richard Hunt as Miss Piggy kind of falls flat, but Frank Oz brings in a certain energy to the performance that is just so vital to to the character's one insecurity and to a uh, <laughs> desire to be the star. Richard Hunt just kind of it's like a vague British accent. Yeah. But yeah, Miss Piggy's great in this. Yeah. Brewster the Guru is I, what is he supposed to be? They, okay, they don't do like any like really bad like Indian accent. So that's good. He says, though, in my country, there's a saying, which brings into question, I mean, Muppets with nationalities. Where is he from? You know, Sam, Sam the Eagle is very American. clearly American. So, like, we've set the precedent of Muppets having nationalities. Swedish chef, too. Swedish. But Brewster the Guru, you know what? I think Brewster the Guru is just like one of those yogis, one of those white guys in the 70s that just got really into... Hari Krishna, maybe he lost his sense of direction. Maybe he's maybe he's lost. Have you tried Hari Krishna? Great, but if you don't know it, go watch the Muppet movie. Also, if you don't know it, how'd you get this far? <laughs> Are you lost? Have you tried Hari Krishna? If you need to get back on track, make sure you take a left at the fork in the road. That's another. That's another. That's, yeah, that's, that's another, another one. Um, that's another one. Love. We love the Muppet movie here. Yeah. Jesus Christ! I think conversation actually is a dying art. <laughs> conversation is dead. If you've listened to this podcast, you know the answer to the question: Is conversation a dying art? Is yes. Yeah. I have in my notes, Kermit would be an interesting NPR host. I would I would watch that. I would listen to that. He's just not calm enough to be the platonic ideal. But it would be interesting. For this American life, I'm Kermit the Frog. I would, I would listen to Kermit the Frog and Ira Glass, like do an hour together. This week on the podcast, we have Kermit the Frog. So Kermit, I hear you do a very wonderful rendition of It's Not Easy Being Green. Oh, well, yeah, Ira, you, you see, the thing is, is that it, it, it is actually very difficult to be green. I, I imagine it, I imagine it to be so. Act one, it's not easy being green. If you're just tuning in, 
We have Kermit the Frog. I'm Ira Glass. You're listening to WBEZ Chicago. Support your local NPR stations. Okay, bye. Goodbye, Kermit. I will also now sign off. This has been a wonderful episode of This American Life, our shortest episode yet. Thank you. Good night. See, conversation isn't dead. Ah. Ooh, man. This is, what, my, like, third bathroom break, this podcast recording? Ah. Any, uh... Yeah, but it's all right. We took we took a break. We let uh we let Ira take over for a little bit. Ira Glass. Yeah, friend of the show, Ira Glass. We got Ira Glass on the show. Yeah, he does ad reads sometimes. Yeah, I always love the way he said Lagunitas. Anybody else, or is it just Ira Glass? Uh, Kermit. Kermit was the like guest Are on the show. Fucking kidding me! Every t- yeah, I I couldn't. I couldn't get a word in either. I was every time, every time I, I, I come in and I come out and I come back in and it's, it's always some, some guys, Ryan, don't blow up. Don't blow up. It's all right. I shouldn't blow up. You're right. We already, there's so many things that explode in an episode of the Muppet show. Like the phone, like the phone, the Muppet show backstage. (laughs) Okay. Who was it this time? The Atomic Energy Commission. What is this, phone call number four of this running gag? I think so. We had the water department. We had the fire department. Las Vegas. We had Las Vegas. And now we have the Atomic Energy Commission. Okay, that's... Who sends an explosion okay. from from the phone. That's that's fine. Sometimes you just need a gag to, to pad for time. And then there's another running gag. Yeah, something else to pad for time. Another Muppet News Flash. Here's a Muppet News Flash. There is no news tonight. There's no news. That's that's it. That's 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 it. And then we go to I feel like pretty late in the episode. The yeah, top it's spot. like 18 minutes into the episode and an hour 20 for us. Jesus Christ. <laughs> hey, listen, Rita. Yes. Uh, at this time in the show, uh, Kermit, I like to... Kermit, before what? you go on, what? I just have to tell you that I have always been a Muppet nut. That I love all of you so much. (laughs) Yeah, so there's a talk spot with Rita Moreno, highlight of every episode of The Muppet Show. Rita Moreno. Yeah. Rita says that she's a Muppet nut, which I think that's how Muppet fans should call themselves. We're Muppet nuts. Muppet nuts. Muppet nuts. And she tickles Kermit. This is the second celebrity guest star we've seen tickle Kermit. If you were a celebrity and you had the opportunity, would you not try to tickle Kermit? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe sometime maybe this is like a mandate on the show. I feel like Kermit gets his rocks off on the tickles. No. I'm not, I'm not even going to approach that. I, I don't want to think about that. He enjoys it a little too much, but let's be real for a second. Like Rita. Rita wants to be real and just ad-lib with Kermit. But they have to read off of the the cue card cue cards that says cue cards read off the cue cards podcast there's no cue cards you you don't have cue cards no everything's off the dome i'm the poet laureate (laughs) (laughs) clearly have you not been hearing how eloquently i have been choosing my words the entire hour of the past hour of conversation (laughs) wow really (laughs) fucked that one up couldn't even pick the right word there nailed it no i have i have sweetums uh Holding up cue cards for me. Yeah, Sweetums comes in and he he's pissed off. He's pissed off. That's his job. He holds the cue cards. Sweetums, do you think Sweetums is in is in a union? Is Sweetums Yahtzee Yatsa? I hope I hope the Muppets are unionized. Does he? Do, I think does he does he get SAG points when he walks on stage 
um, while he's holding the cue cards. Yes, because he appears in other stuff as a performer. Good on him. Get those points, Sweetums. Good for him. Get those benefits. Get those benefits. Get healthcare. Yeah. Use that SAG shoe fund. Yeah, I know what those words are. Showbiz, baby. <laughs> that's showbiz. That's that's showbiz for show. Hollywood. Hollywood. Duh. But in London. In Elstree Studios. Oh, God. We're going to have to talk about Wayman Wanda. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, this one's, this one's really short. The best one yet. Very short. So you met someone who set you back on your heels. Goody, goody. They get what three lines in to the song "Goody yeah. Goody," and Wayne slaps Wanda. A lot of Muppet violence. Muppet on Muppet violence. A lot of um, violence. Go- you know what? I'm glad that Wanda gets hurt. I'll say it. Yeah, I don't, I don't feel, feel bad. bad. I don't feel bad. I think what we really should be talking about is uh, Sam Eagle, who always introduces Wayne and Wanda. They're like a package deal. I think Sam Sam the Eagle just uh, made a slip up in this episode. I think he's revealed his politics when he refers to himself as a right-thinking person. Because mm. only a right-thinking person would enjoy the comic stylings of Wayne and Wanda. Those aren't comic stylings. I don't stylings. know. I don't know. Do you think Sam Eagle is... Uh, think think did you think sammy we probably should have seen this coming we probably should have seen this coming. yeah the writing was on the wall sam eagle a conservative who could have guessed who'd have thought who'd have thought and i'm staying in this room right now because i swear to god if sam eagle shows up i don't want to talk to him he, he, he should have seen it coming honestly let's just move on to fozzy's comedy yeah, fozzy's comedy oh, yeah it's me again the old fozzy bear Hickory dickory dock, a laugh a minute by the clock. Oh, yeah, well, you better check your clock. It looks like it stopped. <laughs> I go with a lovely girl. She's so bow legged when she stands around the house, she stands around the house. <laughs> I don't have much to say about it. Do you? <laughs> no, not not much. Fozzie comes on and does a few jokes, and uh, Statler and Waldorf do a little. Uh, Hit him with the heckles. Do a little heckling. It's always funny, and it's always fine. You. you it's hard to be like, well, I don't think his jokes really hit this week. <laughs> they're not supposed to. Because they're not supposed to. It's really to. more of a character dynamic between Fozzie and Statler and Waldorf. Then Fozzie goes backstage because the telephone's ringing again. Everybody ready for that closing? I get it. Don't, I get don't it. answer that phone, Fozzie. I get it. No, Fozzie, do not answer that telephone. Oh, but Kermit, all these terrific funny things happen when I do answer it. I'm Come aware on. of that. Watch out. I'm aware of that, Fozzie. Is there no end to this running gag? Yeah, one last call for this running gag. How will it end? When will it end? It'll end here. I love. I really love Fozzie's line when he he goes, Kermit. Every time I pick up the phone, funny things happen. (laughs) He's he's so he's so comedy starved. You know, it's like how I'm touch starved. Fozzie is comedy starved. He needs... I am comedy star. He needs also. the funny. But anyway, Animal comes in and he steals the phone. And that's the end of the running gag. That's the end of the but phone. Also, he runs off And also with phone it. calls. A running gag. Who do you gag. think was calling the entire time? Maybe that final phone... Who was, who was the final phone call? Who was the... Fi- it, was, it was the president. What? It, was the president calling to, to flex on Zoot that he has a job? That's, a, that's yes. a call back to a joke from At The Dance that we didn't talk about in this podcast. So unless you've seen the episode, you have no frame of reference of what we're You know the worst about. part? 
that joke was one of the funnier ones. I don't know. I like the shark one. The shark one's pretty good. I like I like the shark also, but and animal. I like animal throwing his dance partner around, causing Frank Oz to scream. A little bit of Muppet violence. Little bit of the Muppet violence. See, now if they actually said that in Clockwork Orange, I would just see. I would just say, yeah, that seems like that fake language that they made up for the movie or the book. It's like a mix of like Cockney and English and a bunch of random words. I've never actually read the book. I've seen the movie though. I've never seen the movie. It's, it's all right. That's fine. It's pretty that's good. Fine. I like uh, I like the part where they drink milk. Yeah, that's my big takeaway from Clockwork Orange. Yeah. They drink milk. They got milk. They got milk. Got milk. So our uh, our last last little uh, sketch of the night. <sighs> Fever. It's the last one. Fever. You know, I wrote in my notes, this might be the sexiest Muppet Show segment ever. Yeah. So what happens is... Floyd and Animal play a song called Fever. Floyd's on the bass, Animal's on the drums, and Rita's on the vocals. It's the last segment with Rita Moreno, and oh my god, it's like, <laughs> it's so weirdly sexy. <laughs> it's, she's wearing a red dress, her hair is like teased up, everyone's bathed in red light, like the color red. Animal plays Everybody, the drums. Everyone's so coordinated in this sketch. Floyd's got his red, like Sergeant Pepper's. Rita's dressed in red. Animal's red. Animal's red. And what does Animal try to do? Tries to upstage. He goes yeah, too he hard. He tries to upstage Rita with his drumming. He goes too hard. Oh my God! This. Oh. Why is this sketch so hot? <laughs> I don't understand. I I don't know. I couldn't tell you, but it's very good. <laughs> I, and then at the end, Rita Moreno crushes Animal with symbols. And Animal says, repeats a joke from the previous episode. Kind of his catchphrase. That's at this my point. kind of woman. Uh uh-uh, uh, Animal. Horny, horny. No, sir. Horny, horny. Actually, I, I, Go to horny I looked jail. this up. Um, this is Rita Moreno's favorite sketch from that episode. In 2018, she was uh, interviewed by The New Yorker, and she recalls the filming of this skit. She describes it as as like a sultry sex bomb in the foreground and you got this crazy muppet animal in the background that wants to cause unhappiness for others and and, and she calls it like a, a a fight between these two characters and how it's very cartoony and hilarious apparently it had to be filmed in all one take and they did so many takes it's and it's it's perfect because of it uh she's she yeah. speaks Spanish uh, during the skit, which she uh, translates as, listen, buddy, if you do that again, I'll bop your head off. And then and then she does. But she says in English, following it, cool it. So, you know, cool it, shout bud. out to shout out to code switching. Oh, oh, this is my favorite bit. Apparently, she she keeps a video clip of this sketch on her phone to show people whenever they say that they haven't seen it. That's incredible. <laughs> I think I'm going to do that. Hey, you ain't seen I just want to make sure you've seen this from when Rita Moreno was on the Muppet she Show. Sa- she says she says whenever she shows it to someone who hasn't seen it to listen really carefully at the end because the big laugh comes at a sim- comes with the symbol. But she's a really big fan of when Animal says, "That's my kind of woman," and that's why she won the Emmy. That you know, literally, 
I, I have no disagreements there. No disagreements. Segment is hot. And uh, the outro ends with Rita Moreno throwing the, the full body Muppet again. Poor guy. Yeah, poor, what did he do? He was just sitting at a bar. He was just sitting enjoying a, enjoying a little thing to drink. And then Rita comes in and just attacks him. And that's the episode of The Muppet Show. That's the, the Emmy show. Award winning episode starring Rita Moreno. And now it's time to talk most valuable Muppet. MVMs. I think I've got mine. Okay. What's yours? My most valuable Muppet is the funny, the furry Fozzie Bear. Who's not Charlton. He's just like Charlton Heston. How does that line go? I don't know. Well, it's like that. Look, he's he's about as funny as Charlton Heston, a guy who famously doesn't tell jokes. So th- there you go. Shout outs to Fozzie Bear. Um, he's funny. I'm gonna go for a a weird pick. Um, <laughs> my most valuable Muppet is unnamed full body Muppet played by John Lovelady. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a real good one. He doesn't have a name. The Muppet Wikipedia has like all these all these names for all these obscure Muppets, but he doesn't have one. I think they refer to him as Rita's boyfriend or something. I don't know, but yeah, full-bodied humanoid unnamed Muppet. full-body humanoid Muppet gets thrown around by Rita Moreno. Honestly, that's the dream. Takes it that's, like a champ. That's the that's the ultimate fantasy to be thrown around by Rita Moreno. She's like five two, but you know, spiritually, she's six feet tall. I'm so lonely. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's just where we should end it. (laughs) Good job, everybody. This is our first, this is a guestless episode. Um, We tried it. It's not going to work out. I don't think. No, I'm just kidding. We've got plenty of people. We've got, we've got people that want to talk to us. I'm sure it's always fun to have an extra, an extra chair in here to, to, to break up our stupid energy. (laughs) But yeah, uh, please leave a review on iTunes. (laughs) Please. Please. We're five episodes in. Please. We're trying. We're really trying. (laughs) Follow, follow us on Twitter at talk the muppets all sorts of uh, social media you can follow me at ryan two changs where i've started doing a bit where paddington reviews various movies it's pretty fun you should join it you should watch his review of eight and a half (laughs) i haven't seen that one yet i'll have to go find it uh you can follow me on twitter at ali rich them where i am doing all sorts of dumb bits uh be sure to check out allison's other podcast stalling it's great. I've listened to the first episode. Have y'all made more? Well, Not yet. Okay. It's a one episode. We got a pilot. It's good. It's good. We're uh, we're talking about Disney World restrooms. It's a lot of fun. I, I don't think I ever used a, a, a single restroom while I was at Disney World. That's almost impressive. <laughs> I was just... How the, how the hell... Were you just like not there for no, a no, while? No, no, no. I was... Have, you need to be on the show so we can I talk about it. I was a kid. It. I was so excited, you know? You don't want to... You don't want to yeah, use and, the restroom. You want to like yeah, go on the ride. Time that you could be peeing is time that you could be on a ride or or waiting in line for a ride. But yeah, check out check out All right. check yeah. out that podcast if you like her being dumb. You'll like you'll like it. It's more of me being dumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, be sure to follow us on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave a review. I think we've got a couple written reviews leave a written review those are fun to read yeah maybe we would read some it would be fun be a fun recurring segment on on the show he he hoo 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 he 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 podcasting 
And as always, if you've got one takeaway from this episode, it's that Rita Moreno, very attractive. Yeah. (laughs) Bonk, go to horny jail. All right. Go to horny jail. (laughs) Go to horny jail. Okay, bye. (laughs) Bye.